When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to something rather than nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante, host of Something Rather Than Nothing, with episode 17, starring Prudence Flint. Prudence is an Australian artist and um, a brilliant thinker, a brilliant artist, and just uh, creates a fascinating world uh, with her paintings. I hope you'll check out her uh, paintings uh, either before or during or after this episode. Um, they're quite brilliant and won many awards in her, um, her home country of Australia. She's being recognized more internationally with her first international show in Dublin and also some recent exposure on magazines, uh, magazines such as High Fructose and most recently in Juxtapose uh, Winter 2020 issue. Wanted to mention a few thanks uh, for your support for the podcast, um, which actually just passed 1,000 downloads. Um, and as you know, is available on Spotify, iTunes, and on its source, uh, Podbean. Uh, I've received a lot of nice comments and uh, feedback uh, from folks. Uh, always feel free to um, contact the show. The easiest way to do that would be at my personal email, which is Ken Vellante, K-E-N, V as in Victor, O-L-A-N-T-E, Ken Vellante at iCloud.com. And appreciate any comments you have or any ideas for future guests um, that you think would be great. I've had such incredible guests. Uh, again, this is episode 17 um, since uh, debuting this show in July and have some incredible guests uh, upcoming, including Gerald Roulette, who's a, a Portland, Oregon uh, artist, just a, a, an incredible artist and veiled a new uh, portrait of Jesus um, in over at Concordia University, and there's also a former former NFL player and a lifelong um, artist since uh, an early age. So that should be an episode that'll be coming up very soon, including uh, another episode with Jack Kent, who is a Portland sketch artist and is uh, somewhat known for his um, Sketchy People series where he depicts the, um, gosh, the strangeness that is uh, Portland, Oregon, and some of the, uh, some of the folks uh, he meets there. He sketches them out and lists their location and uh, 
anyways, looking forward to a great conversation with him. Again, want to thank you for all your support for the podcast. And now we have the incredible, gifted, and fascinating Prudence Flint. We're we're separated by a lot of time zones, and yep. uh, you know I sent you the link to the podcast, but you know uh, it tends for my guests it tends to be pretty comfortable. It, it tends to be um, you know rather fun, a chance to answer or try to stab at these uh, you know some of these questions. But from yeah. the outside, from the outside looking in, do you have any any just kind of just drop them out questions or anything? Um. So what? So with your podcast, so you you interview all kinds of people. It isn't just artists. So that was my question. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, one of the things that's interesting is is it's developed is like what type of podcast it is. I mean, first and foremost, I want to ask like conceptual philosophical questions of yep. of artists or those who create. Yes. And, um, and, 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 and these are the type of questions I think sometimes, uh, you're not asked or maybe not in, in, in this yeah, way. Sure. So, yeah. so my net remains, it ends up being pretty darn large yep. because my, yep. my interests go that way. And, yes. um, uh, so yeah, so, you know, some less, uh, I would say creators actually might even be more yes. accurate yeah, now they no, mention that, that. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah, because there's some, you know, like some political stuff I have in there. These like mm. things like mm. I think of things like organizing or cooking or like these kind yep. of creative acts and just. Uh, yes. So with a net that large, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, no, might... it looked interesting. Looked really interesting. So, yeah. no, and, and I like the questions. I really like the questions that you asked. So I did write a few little notes this morning about. How I'd answer your questions. So yeah. All right. Um, and I want to. Yeah. So I'll I'll get into it. I want to ask a little bit more into a couple of your interests and um, you know, some of the things that you read and also your process with journaling and you know how yes. that how that. Yeah. Might... No. I, I've got a real. Um, I I journal. I've journal. Well, I'm 57. Um, and I've been journaling since I was about 20 or 19. So I've got. I've got about a, I'm on my 100th and 34th book, <laughs> like, and I just, I write all the time. So it's my, I don't even know what it is. I don't even call it anything. I just, I just write. I'll write uh, in all kinds of ways. I'm interested in fiction writing. So I just, um, but I kind of feel like I'd need another life to write literature but I feel that I just write anyway I, I need to write and I find that I draw and write and it's all very connected for me and um well I, yeah, prudence I'm sorry to interrupt but I mean um uh I was very interested in hear what you had to say about you know about the amount that you read in in your your writing and yes you know, for me, just looking at the two activities, they seem rather disparate, right? I mean, really, writing, really. You know, with, how do you writing? Uh, you mean writing and painting? Yeah, yeah. Mm, but they they conjure they conjure worlds. So okay, I tell suppose, tell me about that. Tell me about that. Well, I think when I read, 
it's it's very visual. I I imagine the people. I imagine the places. I, I it's fluid. I move around emotionally, I, and I find painting is very much the same. It's um for me, it's it is narr- It's it's a narrative. I I create a space and a, a psychological space, and I come up with a an idea and I don't see it as so different for me. It's quite connected. Yeah. And, and let me tell you the reason why, um, I, like I, I said that and I, and I, the reason why I think that, um, I, uh, just started painting myself a couple years mm. ago. And one of the things I realized was very much in what you just said. Um, I recognized it as, um, as language and there was there was no way there's no way what I was experiencing at that time that I needed the process and I wasn't writing it and it created this whole pathway which completely it really transformed me and kind of just kind of blew my mind um but I think it's the way I had built them up built them up so much time over so much time you mean the painting you're talking about the paintings yes yeah about what that is and how it seems like, and um, your description about that about that process and what you're doing is is born by you know decades of doing both. Yeah. And do do you yeah. see them as the so you see them as maybe very similar type of processes for you? Ah, uh, yeah, same but different. You know, they're different. They're different languages, but it's like you know Italian and German maybe, and um, but one is very tactile and one is more internal and um, kind of in your, in your imaginary zone. And, um, yeah, painting is more hands-on and physical. It's the physicality of it I love. It's, I kind of think of it like cooking. I, you know, it's like cooking, <laughs> cooking a book. <laughs> you, yeah. cook it. you have to make it like a recipe or, yeah, kind of. That's how I see it. But I see it all connected in a lovely way. Imaginative worlds. And, you know, the type of the type of writer that you are ends up being influenced by, you know, another um, activity that I've read. You mentioned uh, as far as things that take up your time and help you develop yourself is mm. is, is reading so mm. what about what are you who are you who are your top authors as far as oh, no, that that influence that. you <laughs> yeah oh there's so many i mean some years i'll go through the classics i i just i read you know all the charles dickens and proust and you know all the, i i love all i go back through history and read you know, Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters and, and then more contemporary writers. I'll, I'll be, I'll read a lot of contemporary writers. I'm not going to be able to think of any of them now, but, um, I'll read everything. I read crime. I read science fiction. Um, I read, I read a lot. I read theory. Um, I should go to my bookshelf, shouldn't I? Kami, <laughs> I love Jap. I love all. I love all kinds of books. Um, Alina Ferrante. That I loved all that series. Um, yeah. Does that give you some? That, that yeah, that does. <laughs> so uh, let's go back. Let's go back to um, 
you know, to uh, childhood. I I think mm-hmm. um, um, yep. another interview I heard that you were the, the youngest uh, yes. in the yes. family. Can, yes. can and I had help? three older brothers. Three older brothers, which, wow, three yeah. older brothers, which will definitely yeah. create yes. an influence altogether, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. That puts you in a spot, doesn't it? it? It really, like I was the last one and I was the girl and there was like four years difference between all of us. So I had quite old, you know, they were quite older brothers and um, I, I'm kind of closest to the, my brother who's the nearest in age to me. And, yeah, and I, I think I had to... Um, definitely fight for my place in the family in a way because they they were a force unto themselves and very competitive family and um so I think my femaleness was a real I think I I survived I survived not you know some other um person might have done another thing but I think my femaleness became quite a interest of mine and um and I think that's what's happened with my work in that I think I, I, I'm still investigating that in my work. And, and I'm interested in that when I read fiction. I think I'm very interested in gender and, and how it defines you socially and, um, and through history, how, um, how it influences how you exist in the world. And um, prior to prior to you know painting and, and doing and, and teaching and some yes. other things you've done in your life, I understand that you did have some time uh, working in the in the uh, yes for fashion I, yeah, uh, yes. or within fashion. Could you tell? Well, tell I I did um I did a degree in design and um and I did I did do a few freelance jobs once I left school, but I pretty quickly realized I. I was very dreamy and really wanted to do my own work. And I started to see, um, I started to look at art. And so I kind of went back to school and, um, and went and did fine art and started painting. So, and then I started painting women and, and it kind of went from there. Yeah, that's a very abbreviated version. <laughs> when I, when what I, happened? When, yeah, when I first saw your 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 paintings and I think I might have seen them in um, a spread that was in high fructose magazine yeah. uh, a little bit back. I mean, I was just, I was just, I was just floored. I, I thought they were absolutely really? gorgeous and incredible. One of the thoughts that were in my, that was in my head was I saw an element of, of fashion and neatness in, yeah. within the cuts <laughs> that said, I, I was not surprised when, when I heard that, um, heard that about you and mm. one i wanted to tell you one of the um i know you're getting more you know attention um mm. you know as an australian uh, artist but more attention in in europe and mm. maybe some more recent exposure in the united states but mm. i share you know some of your work with my friends and kind of in in the reaction to each person is was very similar to mine they're just it seems so so wildly different and fascinating that People just have oh. this very similar reaction to. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> to yeah, to your work, and it has a piece where, um, and I've used it to describe um, some other art in the mm-hmm. past. It's a strange thing to say, where there's this, 
you know, intense familiarity, but also this incredible amount of space between, say, myself looking at it and and mm-hmm. and what it is. And it's like those those two aspects. So that you're saying there's familiarity, yeah, but also so and also something foreign to you. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, very yeah. foreign, very yeah. like it's like a space like I'm I'm peering into or a universe where you're like, well, how is this created? Like it just really prompts. <laughs> it, it so prompts. you so you so you actually relate to it, but you don't as well. Is that what you mean? Um, I very much relate to it, but don't understand it in a way that I would like to. Ah, At what, least what? yet. At least okay, yet. Okay, okay, okay. That's really that's really nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether I understand it either. <laughs> well, um, and, well, what do? You, but it, that that depends what you mean by that. What you that you don't understand it in that you want to know, you want to know where the ideas come from, or you want to know the story behind the ideas. Is that what you mean by not understanding? Well, let me let me let me try it this way. This might be inexact. Part of it, what 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 I was thinking is that. You've described your works, which seem to me just crisp, just right and perfect as having a very kind of uh, there's an aspect of incompletion or that they're not finished for you or you're never quite done with them. It seems like you kind of let them go at the time that seems right. And for me, I wonder how that is. And that's part of. (laughs) I, that's part of like me conceptually looking at them. Mm. They just oh, I suppose I, 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 I let them go when I, something's not annoying me too much. Like there's a point where, you know, I'll be working on them and they're all, it's like music out of tune. And until I get it in tune, it, I won't be finished with it. So I will work on them for about three months and I'll keep tweaking the colors and, you know, I'll move things until it all feels like it's sitting as a whole, and um, and there'll still be things about it, but until I'm, I can sit with it and kind of feel this calm feeling um, that it captures, it holds itself. I'm, I won't let go until I get that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it it, it does. Um, and one of the one of the biggest challenges and in, in questions I didn't have uh, written down for you, but I'm mm-hmm. going to take a stab at. Yeah, uh, I've I've discovered I've discovered on the podcast it's 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 easier to you know play a music track right, and then mm-hmm. the music's going to be right in front of you and hear the sounds. Mm-hmm. And of course, with painting, you know sometimes you feel like I feel like I'm stumbling out of the block, you know, describing mm-hmm. a painting. But what I would say mm-hmm. basically um, about the painting in your recent pieces is that um, uh, there are women subjects predominantly that um, there are various um, very neat and perfect geometric shapes in shadow interplay and light interplay. Um, There is a kind of, um, you know, a mundane uh, activity. There's a bit of um, disproportionality where, things seem a little bit bigger or smaller than you would expect yep, them to be. <laughs> um, now for, for everybody's listening to podcasts, the point is just go look, go search for the images. <laughs> but I always try to take a stab when we're talking about um, 
painters yeah. about you know about what's yeah. what's what's no, going on there. No, I think you've there. described them very very beautifully. Oh my gosh! All right, well. <laughs> I was going to write it out. I'm glad I just no, tried no, to work no, it out in my head. No, 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 that's beautiful. And I love the way you say the disproportionate parts of because that those they just happen when I, you know, I don't do things deliberately. It's more just that but I love it when I get a body to sit how I want it to sit and it's um it it you know, and it becomes a it's it's like a body sitting in the space. So it that that's the that all happens in the process of the painting. It's not, um, I don't design it like that. It just kind of happens. Usually they start out quite um, in proportion, in the, I suppose, if you want to say that at the beginning sometimes, and then they get out of proportion or whatever. But I feel like they, they, the out of proportion is a kind of psychological proportion. So, yeah, because, yeah, um, if I did kind of photograph, well, actually, photographs distort, emotional emotion distorts. I don't feel like we ever have a so-called accurate sense of ourselves. So, if I want to embody a figure in a painting, it for me it always has to be have its own sense of proportion. It's not it's not about a you know. A, like if you measured it all up in a scientific way, it wouldn't. That wouldn't make sense to me. Well, because speaking of proportion, um, I was surprised, and then it made perfect sense to me of some of your interest in some of classical painting. Um, yes, and kind of uh, you know typical you know religious well typical yes. so, to, so yes. to speak religious subjects. Yes. And yes. I heard a bit and of that, audio. Yes. Yeah, and, and just you describing about about that. Can can you tell us uh, about your interest in that and what whether you see an overt connection to your work um, that you do? Well, I I love when I travel. I love going and seeing uh, early Renaissance paintings, um, just because they're so incredibly intense and um, and and I love all the the religious narratives because they're they're never you know there's such a scope even though the story stays similar but I just find them incredibly heart-wrenching and about humanity and pain and pleasure and um and humorous and um and I just love the limitation of painting in that you know you you actually have this um when you go and see these paintings that were done quite a long time ago um, and you you see the artist's hand, you know, you see the, the paint and I just, yeah. I just can't, nothing beats it for me. I could just, um, it's always the highlight of my travels um, and even tiny little paintings, they might be as big as your hand or two hands and I just find it amazingly um emotional when I go and see these amazing little paintings and yeah they're like little windows into the past that are really precious and hmm. yeah there's some beautiful pieces and I like I think there's a lot of a lot of uh 
just hearing some of your description before about uh, about those on a on another podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, it was um, oh, was it was it about? It was a. Uh, um, it was about, about a five minute piece about a yeah, particular yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the at the Met. Yeah, I love Hans Memling and. Um, he's one of my favorites. We've got a beautiful one in the NGV here in, in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, so yeah, they're, that they, they, they really inspire me. They kind of, if I could do anything that was even slightly as powerful, I would, yeah, that's what I, I find they, I can go and see the paintings and it just will remind me of the power of it. So yeah is is that why one one of my questions for you is why you create is is that why you create um i think yeah why i create i think i've always ever since i was little i think i've always needed to do something i'm I'm not somebody who can i think it's a certain kind of suffering <laughs> that makes you create um i don't mean that in a dramatic way but I've never been able to just kind of uh, sit back and um, <laughs> not do something. I, I feel like I, I get a lot of joy from looking at uh, pictures and, um, and from stories. So I suppose that, the, that I need to engage in that to, I suppose it's a way to, it's an existential dilemma. I, I have to do that to feel like my life is okay or I to stop anxiety general anxiety about living it somehow makes living make sense to me um because I will have a like this year I've had a very dramatic year um and my paintings I can sit back and I can see that I've done quite a bit of work this year and I find it very consoling that I can somehow still make work from that and I and it will feed my work and somehow I makes me think I'm there's a there's a part of me that is um watching everything that's happening and and there's a remove and it's a peaceful place it's um so when I go into my studio it's a it's a peaceful kind of powered I'm empowered because I'm there's a detachment and that I don't probably have in other parts of my life and so that's yeah, that's why I do it. <laughs> well, in really... the, yeah, and in the face of difficulty, have being able to have that experience is quite the blessing. I'm I'm happy for yeah, you and difficulty is inevitable in life. Like it's because you know life is there's always loss going on, and you you know life that's what life is, and you 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 have to console yourself somehow. I'm making it sound pretty dramatic, aren't I, life? But it's just, I actually think it is pretty tricky living your life and how to, how to make sense of it and, and come to grips with loss. So, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll explain what's happened this year because I, I was in a relationship for 31 years and it finished in January. So this year is my first year since, you know, most of my adult life I've been in a conjugal relationship. So this year yeah. is the first year. You know, I'm, I'm adjusting to huge change. So, yeah, my painting is um, very consoling at the moment. It's kind of a place I can go and I'm, 
it's a separate place that I've always had and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, I don't have to, um, it's, it's, it's a familiar place that I'm in control of and yeah. Yeah, that's a massive change. That's a massive change. Did you were you ever fearful that you might not want to to go do that or to wouldn't provide you what you need? I mean, was there there must have been a lot of fears that you were going on? Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, it's it's all right. I mean, life is okay. You know, it's all security wise. Everything is fine. And I'm very fortunate like that. But I, you know, just emotionally, there's a lot of adjusting going on. And lot of processing going on um which is totally preoccupying and i'm watching myself um how how i cope because i i I know some people may um may get more depressive and i'm probably watching myself get more um i'm i'm more on the i get a bit more obsessive and impulsive and that that's what i've had to manage this year i'm much more obsessive thoughts and I I've had trouble reading and watching films because it's as if my brain is preoccupied with processing all this new information it's kind of like I've got to find a new way to live with myself and the world so it's been a huge project <laughs> yeah, possibly so. the paralysis you know of, of freedoms or different yes types of freedoms or, that's amazing you know. that's a great that's an amazing statement yes yeah, yeah it's like a, like a, for a little while sometimes. You don't what? You, you don't, don't move what? for a little while sometimes when you're like, okay, which direction? I can go in any direction yeah. or, you know, it's it's yeah. quite jarring. Yeah. Oh, freedom, you know, whatever that means. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's taking up a lot of my, it's it's like I've got to just go through it. I've got to go through the experience of it and, um. Yeah, and I, I went overseas on my own for a month and in Europe and traveled around Europe on my own and I had never I traveled I've traveled a lot but never on my own. So that was really intense and but I liked it. There's a lot of things that are really good about it. So I'm um yeah. It's been a big year. <laughs> it's 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 cer- <laughs> certainly it certainly sounds like it. Um so part part of that I'm wondering too is uh, could, could you I mean uh, and I'm going to tell everybody, I just mentioned your name, uh, again, is, uh, we're talking with Prudence Flint, um, an Australian, uh, painter, um, um, whose beautiful work is going to be in the new, uh, Juxtapose magazine 2020 with a short, uh, profile of her. Um, and it's, Prudence, that's connected to what I was wondering. Um, so you've you've won, you know, quite a few awards um, and has you've been recognized um, in Australia. And I understand that more recently your work's being seen in, I believe, in Ireland, and yes. it's becoming, you know, more international with some exposure yeah. in the United States. Can can you t- can you tell us, uh, you know, most listeners being in the United States, can can mm-hmm. you tell us what that experience has been for you and what you think um, people are noticing, uh, what changes there are for you in, in, in that type of attention? Um, okay. Well, it doesn't change a lot of things for me because, you know, I'm still working in the same room that I was working in for 20 years. I'm still in this little room working away on my painting. So that never changes, but I suppose I, I have, um, 
it was it was really good to go overseas and um, get my work out of Australia because I think I think the main thing is that um, figurative work in Melbourne probably has a bit of a limited kind of um, it, it doesn't necessarily get supported by institutions here or um, given the same kind of, kind of opportunities so getting my work out of Melbourne was really great because I think it gets seen in a with fresh eyes outside of Australia and um, it was really it was hung in such a beautiful space in in Dublin in this gallery called Mother's Tank Station and with just had a beautiful big skylight um, so it was all sky lit and um, it just looked beautiful and uh yeah it was that was really great um whereas figurative art is probably given a bit of a b-grade situation in melbourne for some reason i think it's i don't it's hard for me to explain why because i'm i live here so it's hard to um see it from a distance but i know that figurative work probably has more of a lineage outside of australia um English you know Lucy and Freud there's a whole kind of history of figure figuration that um gives that, that a certain kind of um ground for for work to be seen in a in a bit of a uh a, you know more powerful way so yeah does that answer your question yeah yeah it absolutely yeah. does yeah um, one of the one of the things I, I wanted to ask you is it's just, you know, not to be, um, you know, overt about it, but it's it's the the women in, in your paintings and the role of women is, is just so important and prominent mm. uh, in your work. Mm. And I know in, the, you know, the fashion industry where you worked in and in, in other interviews, you relayed some of the expectations upon you uh, as a woman Um you know, that's obviously such a, a, a big part of uh, your experience. Um, I've done interviews uh, um, uh, working with um, another artist, uh, Megan McGrory, uh, with um, female politicians who are running for office uh, in yes. the United States. And yes. it was interesting, the questions uh, she had developed um, that were just... Yep you know, what, what's it like not to have to answer a policy issue question, but the a question about the color of your dress and, you know, yes. you know, what was going on with your here today or not being, mm. you know, that women have to be encouraged to run for office, you know, basically mm. about 10, 11 times to a man's one, you know, where does that mm. come from? And, and yeah. that dynamic, what, uh, can, within, yeah. within, you know, with those type of things in mind and, mm. um, you know, how options might have been limited to you or doors were closed. Mm -hmm. how, how has all that uh, been part of your experience and informed your art? Well, oh, that's huge. Um, okay, probably it's a bit like sinking or swimming. I kind of feel like I've made it work for me. I've made it work for me now, but I, probably for a long time I had to... I had to kind of drown and um, drown in the dis disability of it or something. Because I, I suppose that's what was my interest. I was interested in, in the disadvantage of being a woman in a 
you know, and, and, and as a painter, you're very much in a male tradition. Um, even if you're as skilled and talented, um, I suppose you, the voice, where you come from with your voice in regard to creating meaning, it's loaded because you, 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 you have a different, you come from a different place in, from historically, you're the, the object that, that was painted. And, um, so if I didn't drown and I, I start to use it and I suppose, and I start to not see it as a limitation and actually see it as an advantage because it was interesting. I had, um, I had this gallery director come to my studio the other day and he said to me with a smile on his face, he said, well, you can get away with things that I wouldn't be able to get away with. And I, I love that because I, I actually feel like as I've got older, I, I kind of, um, I'm not so worried about being politically correct anymore because I figure that I'm, I've lived my life and I, I feel like I have earned my truth and I, I can, I just, it's like my territory. I'll go there and I'm curious how far I can go and, and open it all up and, um, and even feel like it's dangerous. I love that feeling. And I think that's a really healthy feeling. And, um, but I feel like I've had to really live it and earn it over the years. I think when I was younger, I suppose, yeah, I feel like my painting has had to come from my life and living my life. And I feel like I have to, I have to keep living my life well and then I will feed my painting. And as a woman, I have to live my life well. And, um, yeah, and then my painting will, will reflect that as a woman. And, and when you talk about women politicians, I think, oh, boy, because I feel like when I watch women politicians, they are up there against, <laughs> I feel like they're up against so much. I think that um, it's like the extreme, isn't it? It's like extreme they're they're in the in this world that is 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 really against culturally how gender works and then uh, that it's like they're in the wrong box then they're in the wrong place and but I love it I love watching women deal with it and how they deal with it and um yeah it's it's very and I find it funny when people say oh she's a strong woman and I think who isn't? I, like, I don't even, I don't even think that, <laughs> yeah. I don't even, you know, what does that mean? It's, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like it when, you know, we're made, we, we think that when a woman is phallic, that she's strong. And um, I like to question that one because I, I think that just feeds into, you know, you know, that, that that strength is the phallic thing, the the suit and the, you sure. know, the yeah. yeah. And I and I, I always like to feel like I don't want to do that. I feel like that's I'm just I'm not I'm not really um, I don't know. I, I think I'm just judging women then, just like social the social world does and puts women in a certain corner. And um, I think women have a 
you know, I, I know I know men do too, but it's kind of like gender. We we put each other in a corner and, you know, you've got to kind of stay there. And I like it when it crosses over and it um gets all kind of blurry. And I think that's more much more real. No, yeah. And I, you know, there's there's uh, it was obviously a, a really big question um and i see a lot of i mean i picked up on some of the words you had to say and and um just strength i see um your uh, you know your paintings being just incredibly strong and the other the other piece the and the figures in your painting being incredibly strong the other piece i was picking up on you know connected to freedom and you know you feeling that there's you know you keep trying to get away with things and i was thinking of the um the answer to the question, what of what is art by Andy Warhol is art is what you can yes. get away with. Right. Yes. So like getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. getting away with things. Um, mm. Do you Cro do crossing you, thresholds? Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, so tell mm. me, tell me what, what is art? What, what, what is art? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a really general question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it can, well, ah, oh, I feel like it's a mirror. It's, it's for me, for me, I mean, maybe it's for other people, it would be something else, but sure. for me, I really want, I want a mirror. So I look into, and that's my interest in a painting. I suppose it's, I want to look into, um, like, it's like a, a space and I want to, I want to go, oh, I know that feeling. And I think that's what I I love. I, I get a lot of joy when I when I can recognize something that I know that a, it's a feeling or a place or a and the same with fiction reading when I when I recognize something and I yeah that's that's art to me. It's a mirror. It mirrors us back. Our our aliveness. Is that part of the reason why you? You, you stay with your paintings as long as you do? I mean, I found that to be... You mean three months when I actually stay with them to work on them? Yeah, you, you mentioned it seemed like when they well, were placed when they were placed in a different location that you had kind of been, you know, near them for an amount of time or had, you know, that mm. relationship with mm. the paintings themselves and then they were, you know, displaced some, someone. As I just yeah. heard in your answer, I mean, is that is that part of why you think you do that or is it you ever think when i have to let go of them and then i have to create new ones yeah ah uh, yeah i feel like yeah because life's constantly changing and shifting and i have new ideas and there'll be something that's quite you know it's kind of like dreams you know you you dream certain dreams that are repetitive well i get repetitive dreams for years and then they'll suddenly stop that repetition will stop and there'll be a new kind of dream I see the correlation with my painting. I will, I will work on a series and, and then I'll kind of come to the end of that series and it'll, it'll be reflective of what I'm struggling with in my life or it'll be kind of mirroring some, um, yeah, unconscious space I'm inhabiting and, um, yeah, and I'll, and so I work on a painting for three months because it takes three months to build up. It's a, it's actually just a practical thing to build for me to build up the surface and get everything working and all tonally and 
color temperature working. It takes that long to just get it, tweak it all into tune. So that's why I work on them for that long. Yeah. Does I, I I've heard you talk before about the the impact, or it seems to be a sensitivity you have that um, that I can see of, of, of with light and shadow or sunlight, and it's in, yes, it's in showing up in the shadows or through the windows. Um, yes, with, with no, the, I love light. <laughs> I yeah, really is that like part light. of? Do you um, think that's part yeah. of a reflection of you know where you are? I mean, like. I was recording here from from Oregon, and it's going to be like largely cloudy and light rain really? until for another four, <laughs> four months. So, wow. <laughs> your no, description see, of this. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I I don't think I could live in Europe because I don't I in, you know northern Europe because I just don't think I could stand the weather. I, I know Australia. I mean Melbourne, we do get a, a winter, but it's probably about four months of kind of. But, you know, we still have sunny days and, and then we get mostly sunny, sunny weather. And um, I live upstairs and I've get, I've get, I get a lot of light and I love it. I, I really like light. And I, I find that my paintings, I need daylight to paint them by. Um, I cannot paint by natural light. I've just found I, I would probably, if I had to, I would, but they would be different paintings. They'd probably change to get the to get all everything working, uh, color, temperature, tone, I, I need to work in the natural light. So I um, so there's a few months in in the middle of the year, like June and July, that I'm I'm actually cursing the the clouds because they come over and I can't see <laughs> what I'm doing. And I actually do. I shake my hand at the clouds because it's like I can't see what I'm doing now. And, <laughs> and I can do I can do certain aspects of my pictures. I can, you know, I can draw and do some things, but I can't I can't do the part that I love the best, which is when I get the painting working and I'm just tweaking it. And I tweak it for a you know, probably a month I'll tweak little bits until it all just comes together. And that's my favorite bit of the work. And when I've got the painting basically and I'm just I'm just tuning it and, um, yeah, I really need good light. So I, I've got a studio, I've just got a, a bedroom that I work in and it's got northern light. And uh, so this time of the year is great. And so I know um, I've got January, February, March, April, May. May gets a bit iffy, June, July, bleh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I do most of my work over this time of the year. Yeah. So this is a busy period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad you're I'm slightly, slightly envious to hear you talk about that. Son. But I, you know, I could look at pictures for a little while and, you know, photographs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, one of, one of the things, um, you know, the, the title of the podcast is something rather than nothing. And there's this large philosophical question, um, which is why is there something rather than nothing? And I, for, mm. Artists and thinkers, you know, uh, like yourself, um, uh, that's the question we pose mm. uh, to you. And it, you can relate it yes. to a work of art or why there's art or anything. But the, the question is, I'm I, you, know, you I, have I an did, answer yes, to why no, there's something. Yes, I have it okay. totally. I have an answer because it, um, when you asked that, I read that question and I thought it's because of abundance. I have a fe an abundance of feelings and... And I, and I feel like life 
I'm constantly overstimulated by life. So it's, I, need, I need for that to go somewhere. So creating art is the perfect place for that to go. So uh, that's my answer to that question, that I, I feel like what do, you do, what do you do with, with what, all your feelings? What do you do? I feel like I've always had an abundance of feelings. I've, I've always feel like I've needed to do something with my, my feelings. Um, yeah, and, and confusing feelings. Not, it's, not, it's not simple. It's not um, – and, and the journaling feeds into that too. I feel like I've always needed to process my feelings and thoughts and ideas and yeah i find your answer fascinating for me personally and here's why i think for myself i would never have thought of answering that question <laughs> with, with uh, regarding with regard regarding feelings everything you said made eminent sense to me but without hearing oh, that i've never thought I've, I've never thought of it in that context. And I think I really, um, really need to. And I was also thinking about your journaling because I get really, really fascinated by people who are creating people who are feeling things maybe more intensely or mm. questioning life. And like, how do you process where you are, whether it's conceptually or with your feelings yeah. and how do you, how do you move and how do you get mm. through that? And, um, so I, I really appreciate your answer because it's almost like just answering it, um, answering it anew. So it's really for you, a lot of the, the, you know, the proof of, you know, that you're experiencing these feelings and then trying to do something do, with them. Yes. Do yeah. something with them. I, like it's literally, I will sometimes I, I watch myself sometimes I will have an intense experience you know, it can be all kinds of things. And sometimes I won't even know I'm having having an intense experience. It will creep up on me. It doesn't mean it might be just watching TV one day or it doesn't have to be, you know, something dramatic. Um, but it will be some shift or some, some, something's moving. And, um, and then an idea comes and then, and then it's very exciting because I'll get an idea and then I, then I start seeing a painting and I, and I draw it up and, and I, it's like channeling and, and I, and then I, it's, it's a great joyful experience. And I, it's like, I get to put it somewhere and, um, it might, and it might be a, a, a kind of something building up in me, like a kind of, a, um, a, a layering of feelings. And, um, and then when I have somewhere to put it and I, I put it in a painting, it'll, there'll be an idea that will contain it somehow embody it. And, um, and then I, I love that I have somewhere to put it. And it's kind of a humorous thing I do with myself. It's kind of a, a joyful feeling. Like I, I, it's like a joke I have with myself, like a, how kind of, it's almost like how crass I can be or how kind of, <laughs> no, at times I kind of think how obvious, I feel like I'm being really obvious and kind of um, almost kind of I want to see it plain and be as kind of out, just kind of plain about it. And But it's never plain because I find when I start painting it, the depth of it starts to reveal itself and then I start to look at it and think, ah, so there's connections with 
this and the past and my mother and and then I start to see all the layers of it and um that's very consoling because I think that you know we you kind of realize that that's what you're doing all the time in your life you everything's connected it's all it's always kind of ricocheting from back and forth and you know um connecting and we that's how our our kind of psychology works i think Hmm. yeah the um uh i was i was in in hearing your your answers and thinking about both the processes of um writing and painting i wanted to mention one comment which kind of one one thought i had that confounded me when i started painting was and it was it has this aura of negativity to me but what i said to myself was you start a painting because you're too afraid to write right now. Oh, yeah. And it was like so <laughs> aggressive. It was so aggressive yeah, towards yeah, myself. Yeah. And, wow. um, and it was prior to me realizing what I was trying to do was to talk, was to yell with painting, was to talk, was to yell, was to show, was to process, was, you know, all those feelings, all those things mm. going on. Um, but it was almost like the one way I had tried or had not tried over time with not writing enough. It was like a self-criticism of being like, you're taking the easy way out as if painting's easy, which, of course, yeah, it's yeah. so <laughs> yes, very yeah. intricate um, psychology. And that's why I've uh, been quite interested in your relationship with, you know, both the, mm. the writing process and, and painting. Um, we. Uh, I love asking these questions, but I also have a question too, as far as if you wanted to hear like somebody that, you know, an artist or creator, um, you know, answer these type of questions, who, who would that be? Or who would they like be? Like another artist? Yeah. Like just these type of questions. Mm, um, uh, there's an artist, um, Jocelyn Hobby. She's in, she's a, I think she's in New York and um, I would love to hear what she'd say. I love her work. He paints women as well. So, yeah. Does that answer, is that what you mean? Like, yeah, you, that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like this, I, I, I love doing the podcast. There's this mm. whole element where you might hear it as far as how I interact. It's like, I'm just, I'm trying to, mm. I'm trying to I'm, really learn. Or in, in Well, it, I've heard her talk as well. Yeah. She's got it on her website. Um, she's, she's got a, there's a, there's a lecture she's given at a university and she's really interesting. And I think she's, I really loved, I love listening to what she said and how she talked about her work. And um, yeah, so I related to that a lot. And so I'd love to hear her talk again. Yeah. Oh, and thank you for that. Um, mm. So uh, uh, Prudence, um, uh, part of, part of this is um, just at the end here is uh, just kind of open-ended um, where mm. you can just kind of like, let us know, you know, what, what you're doing or where people can find your work. I had mentioned the new um, Juxtapose magazine with the yep. nice uh, profile yep. and um, depiction of your work and nice interview. Um, and, mm -hmm. and you've been in High Fructose um, um, uh, magazine. And, uh, but, but, you know, other, other ways or in general, like how people can interact um, with the work that you do, your art. Well, I have an Instagram account, and um, I so I put up I put up a lot of um, studio shots and work in progress. So if people are interested to see how the work um, gets done, because I will put things up before they're finished, and um, so that 
can be interesting for people, yeah. So, And I have a website which has my all comprehensive, you know, looking back over the, all my work, over right from a really pretty early on. So, um, yeah. Um, I, anything else? Um, well, and, and also there's the galleries that I'm with. They have, but they're more... You know, they they will show work that's available for sale, and um, so it's not necessarily a comprehensive look at the work. But yeah, yeah, no, that's all. Um, yeah, I'm going to be having a show next year in the mid year in Sydney, next in a, at a um, gallery called Fine Arts Sydney, and um, so I'm just finishing. I'll be showing five paintings. Um, because I probably produce five paintings a year, so that that's my next show, and that will be in mid-year. So a good time for me to have a show because it's when winter means that I won't be able to do my work, so it's a good time to have a show, yeah. Do the other um, component of, you yes. know, what Yeah, what being, being, being an artist, so I'll, I'll probably go up to Sydney and have a bit of a break, and, yeah, it'll be good. And I wanted to to thank you, Prudence, in you know in your busy schedule. I just want to tell you what what a what a joy and an honor it's been to have you on um, on oh, the podcast. I, I really enjoy your work, and um, you know I don't find myself always getting into you know the biography or the kind of like the all, all the processes of all artists. But I was just really intrigued by a lot of things that I saw that you were doing, and just just really um beautiful work so i really appreciate oh, you, taking you. The, uh, yeah you. taking the time and you know the united states tends to be a place of bombast so i'm going to say the entire country <laughs> the, the entire country loves you as well right <laughs> it's the bombast that we work with so everybody here loves you <laughs> very good well no thank you and i have loved all your questions and you know it's been it's been a pleasure thank you so much prudence take care You are listening to something rather than nothing. And this is my thank you list. Uh, this is from me, Ken, host of something rather than nothing. Uh, deep thanks, uh, as always, to Peter Bauer, who uh, produces and edits uh, this show from the first episode. Uh, to the present uh, he does an incredible job and spends uh, a lot of time helping make this sound uh, the show sound great helping me sound great there's only so much you know you can expect him to do but uh, great work Peter um, thanks to uh, Meg Krugel who did the design work for something rather than nothing Jacob Rivas who helps uh, consult on the program Kim Reed who's helped with uh, booking and also there's some uh, folks I send this program to prior to it going out of the air, and they listen to it, and they always tell me it's great, and so then it ends up, you know, on the air. So they're secret people uh, that I send it to. So um, thanks uh, to them for listening to it. Uh, it's very difficult for me to keep listening to uh, my voice, and I just want to kind of crack jokes during some of these episodes, but... I'm going to ask some of the serious questions, too. 
Uh, thanks for everybody who is making this uh, show possible. It's taken a lot of hours of uh, shockingly unpaid labor uh, to them, which is a sh- shocking, shocking issue for a union rep. But I'll deal with that uh, existential or ethical, well, geez, that ethical knot, um, maybe in a later episode. Thanks, folks. <laughs>